Welcome to our podcast, Black Doctors Speak. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Lenore. Black Doctors Speak is sponsored by the African American Wellness Project. Every year, the African American Wellness Project identifies a book on black health issues as a book of the year. This year's book, Equity, Equality, and Justice for All, is author Mr. Jamal Miller. Mr. Miller is a very unusual person. He was the first director of health equity for the state of California, appointed under Governor Jerry Brown. Since that time, he's held many positions in large health organizations. His discussion today is on his book, conducted by our special senior correspondent, Mr. George Strait. Jamal Miller, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and as a good plug, the book is incredible. Um, let's, let, let, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, while it's about equity and equality and all the rest of that stuff, that, that's in the title. But what you've done is really talk about health equity, but you've talked about it in a very unique way. It's this book is, is a memoir. So you go you go at health equity and these other larger topics through through something that's very, very personal. And so I guess the first question I have is, you know, why did you choose that kind of a vehicle to talk about health equity? Uh, well, uh, thank you for the acknowledgement of how much you enjoy the book, um, and I'm hopeful uh, that I can continue to reach people um, through the book. Um, I think that that vehicle of writing, um, you know, I didn't set out to write a memoir initially, um, and that's what it turned into. Um, and the biggest impetus for starting to write about my journey um, working, you know, in the Governor Jerry Brown's administration as California's first health equity officer, um, that was all about documenting history, you know, living history, knowing that, you know, our communities, particularly African-Americans, a lot of our successes and blaze trails that we blaze, um, we've not documented. Um, and I just wanted to start writing about my unique experience. My hope, um, you know, an expectation is that I could articulate um, the importance of health equity in a way that the layperson could understand. So writing a book was kind of therapeutic on one hand, but an opportunity to you know, have education, outreach, and awareness about an extremely important topic such as health equity. But in, in, in so many ways, it's very African-American because that's our culture, oral history, right? That's absolutely correct. Um, I hearken back when I was writing to a lot of stories that were told to me, they were told to me. You know, I didn't read about them per se. And we do have some family archives, you know, and growing up in school, we learn about, you know, our history to some extent. And to learn more about our history, we've got to be self-motivated to go out and find it. Uh, so absolutely, storytelling, you know, is very much a part, an important part of our culture. And oftentimes we miss the opportunity from one generation to the next to document those stories so that they can um, live on. So that was a compelling piece to match up storytelling, um, but also with documenting it. 
of having, you know, a literary piece that I could leave here as a legacy, but also to motivate people now um, to activate to achieve health and racial equity sooner than later. Before we get to that call to action, why don't you share just a, just a couple of the stories that, that are in the book that, that relate to this whole topic? Yeah, well, um, I often start out, you know, whenever I speak across the country about my book or about my career, I open up by paying homage. Uh, so throughout the course of the book, um, I document stories about mentors and people who have inspired me throughout the course of my career. Um, you know, in one of the chapters, it's uh, called Rooted in Faith, chapter five, um, talk about the importance of my family, you know, and my faith and the foundation established here for me in Sacramento, born and raised um, here. And I, I move on to talk about, you know, Dr. Vernon Walton, uh, who was one of the first African-American pediatricians in Sacramento, um, and my mother, who is from Mobile, Alabama, you know, when her family fled the Jim Crow South in the 60s, you know, they still had this strong disposition about doing business with our people. Uh, so it was very intentional for uh, my family to select Dr. Walton to be our pediatrician growing up. And he was just amazing to me. Um, you know, he was inspirational and he was a pediatrician. And as a kid, I wanted to be Dr. Walton. So I talk about Dr. Walton, you know, and, and of late, um, I've lost um, a paternal uncle, my, my, my dad's side, um, uh, Uncle Ike was his name. And I write about Uncle Ike and some obstacles that he had years ago uh, when he was being misdiagnosed by one health system. And when he went to uh, another health system and advocated for himself, they accurately diagnosed him. And we're fortunate that we probably got about 16 or 17 additional years he uh, lived through, you know, disparities and inequities in our healthcare system. So those are examples that I highlight, among other things, in the book. Um, and there's something in the book for everyone. You know, it's not just for the academic or the executive. Um, it's for the single mother with a son who wants, you know, to inspire him or a daughter who wants to inspire her about what's possible. Uh, it's for the physician, you know, who wants to learn, you know, how to be more adept at being culturally competent and linguistically appropriate. So there's something in there for everyone. Um, and again, that power of storytelling, you know, is something that has inspired me and I'm, and I'm uh, uh, blessed to be able to share this literary. Uh, you know, I, it, I'm willing to bet that everybody who, who uh, especially the African-Americans who, who see this, um, have got a story to tell. Uh, I, I know personally, my uh, my my mother-in-law uh, was a very vital uh, woman, and she was in her I guess she was in her 70s, and and she she had high blood pressure, sure, and she you know had a little bit of diabetes, but she had all that stuff. Um, but she she was in effect mistreated by her physician. Yeah, she was put onto a clinical trial that uh, without all the information that, that that she should have had, and she ended up having a a, a mini stroke, Ooh. and uh, that, then the, the, we we, uh, we we're, she lived in Atlanta. We lived in D.C. and we were happy to have her come and come and live with us. Uh, but you know, it's these kinds of stories I think that we have all experienced. Yeah. And what your book does is shine is shine, is shine a really a, a light on your your stories. But in in shining a light on your stories, it shines a light on all of our stories, right? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times we 
we live in isolation with our stories, especially, you know, the more vulnerable, you know, stories that challenge us, whether it's sickness, you know, or uh, death or challenges, trial and tribulation that we have in our lives. But there's something powerful in sharing your testimony, because when you share your story, you realize that you're not in isolation. There are a number of other people, especially in the Black community, who have shared experiences. Um, and once we start to talk about the challenge that I had when I went to this clinic, or how I was misdiagnosed here, or the transportation issues I had when you know a prescription was written and I couldn't get to you know the pharmacy um, in time, or I didn't have a vehicle, or any number of kind of institutional inequities and structural challenges in our healthcare delivery system, it's not until we share and we, we find a common thread that is deeply rooted in institutionalized racism that shows up in medicine, our healthcare delivery systems, and corporate America, you know, more broadly, where we live, learn, work, play, and pray. But a lot of times if we're in isolation and we don't share the story about our aunt, our uncle, our grandparent, our mother, our father, ourselves, about what's going on in our minds, what's going on physically with us, um, we don't know what to do about it. And we feel that, you know, it's only, it's something wrong with me, it's something wrong with us, it's something wrong with our community. Whereas we find this common theme that it's not necessarily us, but it's this system, you know, this societal dynamic that we're often subjected to that shows up in medicine, that shows up in healthcare delivery systems. And that's a key to transforming this, these systems into one uh, or those that are far more accessible, where opportunity is possible, and ultimately more equitable. So we we only got time for uh, just one more question, and uh, I know I know that there's a call to action here. This isn't just this isn't just Jamal Miller telling stories. There really is a call to action. Uh, what what are they? Yeah, everyone has a role to play. You know, the tagline of my book, which you know, the name of my book is Equity, Equality, and Justice for All. And the tagline is born to be an advocate. You know, um, that's not just, you know, a tagline that applies to me, but I believe we all have an active role and a responsibility to share our story, um, but to also um, be active, you know, actively resistant, if you will, passively resistant, whatever it might be, um, to advocate for uh, equality and equity within our healthcare delivery systems. Um, and more broadly in uh, society when it comes to, you know, someone who might have a board seat at the local hospital or healthcare delivery system or someone who is an advocate, you know, in speaking to the local school district when we know that educational and achievement gaps exist uh, for many of our children. Uh, when we think about wherever we sit, wherever we have a voice to be heard, it's essential that we realize that we're all born to be, you know, an advocate. Um, and change is not going to come by us sitting back um, and not taking action. So my motivation is to, one, get the book, um, be inspired by the book, and take that education and awareness and that enlightenment and infuse that. Channel it in a way that affects yourself individually, your family, your community, where you le live, learn, work, play, and pray. And that's an important step for us to build up some momentum for sustainable change so that we can realize health and racial equity and not just talk about it. So that sounds like what my, what my grandmother used to tell me, don't just stew, get in there and cook. That's it. Talk a bit about how your book uh, can actually enable people 
to a know the power that they have, but also exert it. Yes, well, first, my book is only about 131 pages, uh, so it's kind of an easy read and the fonts, you know, not too small. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, a piece that can uh, stimulate, you know, conversation about, you know, very important topics. I open up in the book talking about this pivotal period of COVID, you know, the coronavirus pandemic and how that really forced us to look at ourselves individually as community, as family, as a country. And uh, I'm hopeful that when, you know, when people get books, uh, that it prompts them to just have a conversation about what it means to be an advocate. You know, how does inequity and disparity show up in my family's life? And what is it that we are committed to do about it? And it could be something as simple as making sure that we're registered to vote in the next election, regardless of what your political affiliation is. Um, you know, being more inquisitive during your next doctor's office visit or, you know, encouraging, you know, that single mother who has a parent-teacher conference coming up to be a bit more engaged and demanding of the teacher, of the administrator at the school to make sure that the children are getting the best opportunities and aren't being, you know, subjected to a lot of the inequities and obstacles that show up in our academic institutions. So there's something for everyone in the book, um, policymakers, you know, providers of care, um, just that lay person, but everybody has a role to play from the teenagers to the most senior among us. Um, but I want to be very explicit that as much as the book is for everyone, um, we need to have a, a, a kind of a come to Jesus moment with really understanding the deep impact in the black community that health and racial inequity is having. And if we start to do better, so goes this country. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that the book does is it shows that we really do have more power than we think we do. That when you, when, when you sit down in front of that teacher, that, that teacher actually is working for you. And when you sit down in front of that, that physician, that physician is providing a service to you. So we, we have power, we also have responsibility. And I think it, it, it's, it's important that we, that, that we understand that power dynamic and, uh, and how it really does work. Jamal Miller. Thank you very much and good luck on your book. All right, George, thank you. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are delivered directly to you every week, as well as rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Take care, everyone.